Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Informed Catholic Podcast. My name is Ned Jabbar, so let's open up with a prayer, please. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. The Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only begotten Son, our Lord, who, by the Holy Ghost, was conceived, born of the Virgin Mary, raised, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day he rose again from the dead, and he ascended unto heaven, and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Holy Mary, Mother of God, Queen of the Rosary, pray for us. St. Joseph, Guardian of the Holy Church, pray for us. St. Thomas Aquinas, pray for us. St. Thomas More, pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle and from evil. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. So this is going to be part 7, um, and episode 18 uh, for the Informed Catholic. Part 7 being the uh, meditations on the sadness of Christ. So um, let's just first of all... Um, Everyone uh, who's out there now, because a lot of changes happened in the world, surprisingly uh, showing us that we're not in control of everything, no matter how advanced we are in technology now that the we're living in the uh, world of the coronavirus that spread uh, from China, Wuhan, China, and uh, all the way even now in New York City and all over the United States and all over the world. So um, uh, let's talk a little bit about it. Um, interesting to note, um, back in the 13th century, uh, under Pope Gregory, uh, Europe was plagued with the, the Black Plague. And... Um, a lot of people died oh, um, from the Black Plague. I mean, half of Europe suffered from it. It was terrible. Um, this plague also came from Asia. It reached, uh, came through merchants on the merchant ships. Um, it was, uh, of course, of believing it was uh, the um, fleas on rats. That's what uh, some scholars say, but who knows? It could have been any other way possibly, but um, it just was terrible. People suffered uh, terribly. And um, originally the church would do a, um, would you call it procession, a prayer, uh, the Pope with... Um, all the church members, the priests, the bishops, the deacons would make a procession around the city. And, you know, 
in order to encourage people's spirits so they can pray for God. It's nothing superstitious. It's all about reminding people of heaven. The purpose of the church is to get you into heaven, to strengthen you with grace, with the sacraments. The sacraments is the body and blood of Christ, the prayers. Um, it was to encourage you to be strong in your faith. Um, the saints are to remind you that there is a heaven and the purpose of all of us, you, your family, your uh, mother and father, your children, all your neighbor is to get us into heaven. We are, our journey is to be with God. Our destination, our final destination is to be with God to be in the glory of God, to, to be in what they, what they call the beatific vision in the presence. And so we can see the face of God because we are made in the image of likeness of God. That's the reason why we were created. We are his children and the purpose is for all of us to go to heaven. That is, the, that's the, that's the whole purpose of our existence. And the purpose of the church, the mission of the church is to, to fulfill that mission, go out into all the world, preach and teach and baptize in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy ghost to bring us into heaven. That is, that is the whole purpose of it. That's why Christ put the church. Unfortunately, um, if we read the gospels, if we're familiar with the, with the scriptures, it's not always possible to have, um, good, you know, people. I mean, Judas Iscariot was an infiltration and Judas, um, was not, was not a believer. He saw, he saw Christ in his mission, only his own personal, um, uh, selfish, greedy um, desires only for profit. The apostles lost courage. St. Peter lost courage. They all deserted him. So this is something we have to remember is unfortunately we're not always going to have the kind of uh, brave ministers, brave priests and we're not always going to have a good pope, uh, a brave pope. Uh, pope Francis, in, the, uh, in Rome, uh, shut the churches. The priests and bishops, the bishops, don't want to have any, uh, any, any contact. Yeah, I know, there are, it's for the well-being of the people. Honestly, if someone's going to die, isn't it the job of the priest, the minister, to go there, to minister? We've had stories, there have been stories of priests in the past in the church who've gone to places where it was diseased. 
the story of, of priests going to places where they had lepers. And yes, the priests came down with leprosy. The story of St. Peter during the time of Nero, A.D. 65. Peter and all the Christians of Rome. This is Simon Peter, the apostle. The one who Christ said, you, Simon, are now Peter, the rock, upon whom I will build my church. This is the Apostle Peter. He was now an old man, and supposedly he was fleeing Rome when Nero decided to blame the Christians for burning Rome down, when it was really him. And Peter was fleeing Rome, and along the way, on the, on the road, he saw Christ walking in the opposite direction, heading towards Rome. And Peter said, Lord, where are you going? And P the Lord said to him, I'm heading back. I'm heading to Rome to die again because you abandoned my sheep because there were Christians there dying. Nero was crucifying them. Uh, he was feeding them to the lions. Uh, he had violent entertainment with extremely violent stuff, violent entertainment. And they were, um, you know, crucified. And then according to, this is according to the, not to Christians, but this, come from, this came from actually uh, pagans, pagans who wrote about this. They were amazed at Nero's cruelty. He would actually, you know, cover their bodies with, um, with kind of like an oil, like a tar. And Nero had their bodies lit up at nighttime. Like lamps. He heard because the reason why he heard the Christians say that they're the, that the, you, the light of the world. And he figured, well, light up my streets. This really happened. A lot of people don't realize this, but our spiritual ancestors, our Christian ancestors really suffered. They died for the faith. It was, it was a heroic time for, for these people because they did not denounce their faith. The church was built on martyrdom. And the word martyr in Greek means to witness, to bear witness. It's amazing. But now we have um, CEOs running the church. You know, a lot of our bishops act like corporate, um, corporate guys, you know, got to, you know, got to make sure those profits are high now. Anyway, we're going to continue with our, um, our meditation. I'm going to read a passage of scripture. So um, I'm going to read Psalm 110 for a start. Uh, Psalm 110. The Lord says to, says to my Lord, sit at my right till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord sends forth from Zion your mighty scepter. Rule in the midst of, of your foes. Yours is dominion. On the day you lead your host in holy splendor. From the womb 
of the morning I begot you. The Lord has sworn, and he will not change his mind. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings on the day of his wrath. He will execute judgment among the nations, filling them with corpse with corpses. He will shatter ch uh, chiefs over the wide earth. He will drink from the brook by the way side. Therefore, he will lift up his head. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, this particular psalm speaks of the eternal existence of Jesus Christ. Uh, the Lord says to my Lord. Okay, God speaking to God. The, sec the Father, God the Father, is speaking to God the Son. Sit at my right hand. Okay. He will offer him dominion and power on his right hand. Okay. And he will send him forth from Zion he, with a mighty scepter. He will be king and ruler forever. And he will rule over all his enemies. All those who are opposing the God's reign on earth. And he will offer him dominion. Remember, all authority in heaven and earth have been handed over to me. Um, from the womb of the morning, I begot you. From the very beginning of time, you are, you know, you were, you were set up to rule the earth, you know, to rule. It was God's destiny. It was God's will that the Son will rule forever. And then you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. The mysterious figure of Melchizedek who came and offered bread and wine to Abraham. Some theologians and some mystics believe that that was Christ himself. The priesthood of Melchizedek, which was a strange figure, uh, a mysterious figure that appeared and went away. And now he appears only uh, again now in the Psalms. So Christ, this psalm is about basically about the eternal rule of Christ, who will represent, who will set up and recreate creation. He will basically create a new heaven and new earth, and all the former heaven and the former earth will disappear. So this is the King that will rule forever. He will possess the office of King, High Priest, um, basically Prophet. And say, you know, and and prophet, he will hold all these offices, and only in one person. Before that, it was separated. You got king, priest, and prophet, but now he's also victim. He's the savior, and this is this is basically what God wants. So uh, let's read now for the scripture of the gospel. So now we're going to read uh, the passage of uh, St. Mark's Gospel, chapter 14. I will read from verse 22 all the way down to 42. Uh, St. Thomas More lingers a little longer in this passage because he really wants to dive deep into um, the passion of Jesus, the sadness of Jesus. Uh, remember in the last episode, he was amazed he talked about the amazement of the fact that Christ 
who is divine, would willingly want to experience human emotion because God, God has no need to experience human emotion. He has no need to understand it because human emotion, our human emotion, especially us, we are imperfect creatures and our emotions are imperfect. But Christ, Christ who is perfect man, because he's also God, um, willingly decided to to become human so he possessed everything that is human he had a human heart a human soul a human will a human intellect and he also had human emotions and he had a physical body he was human in every way and therefore as a human being as the fact that he is god who decided to be to take on all human um, the human qualities was willing to to experience uh, even human emotion, which meant fear, which joy, um, so you know, you know, all all the all the qualities, and but his the qualities were his qualities were perfect including his human emotion. It was, it didn't bog down with all, you know, imagine he also would have a human imagination. That would mean he would, he would daydream, but his human imagination would be perfect. There would be nothing imperfect about him. Nothing. So, uh, let's start reading this gospel passage. Mark chapter 14, starting from verse 22. And as they were eating, he took bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them and said, Take, this is my body. And he took a chalice. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which I, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I shall not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, even if they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I say to you, this very not, this very night, before the cock crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said vehemently, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. And they went to a place which is called Gethsemane. And he said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John, and he began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And, he, and going out a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass, pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things were possible to you. Remove the chalice from me. 
for not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you sleep? Are you still asleep? Could you not watch one hour, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation? And the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, he went out, he went away and prayed, saying, saying the same words. And again, he came and found them sleeping for their eyes were very heavy and they did not know what to answer him. And he came and, and, and he came the third time and he said to them, are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The son of man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us, let us be going to see him and, you know, and see my betrayer who is at hand. Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now we'll start reading um, Thomas More's meditation. What happened a little later showed how far he was from letting his sadness, fear, and weariness prevent him from obeying his father's command and keep him from carrying out with courage all those things which he had formerly regarded with wise and wholesome fear. For the time being, however, he had more than one reason why he should choose to suffer fear, sadness, weariness, and grief. Choose, I say, not to be forced. For who could have forced God? Quite the contrary. It was by his own marvelous arrangement that his divinity moderated its influence on his humanity for such a time and in such a way that he was able to yield to the passions of our frail humanity and to suffer them with such terrible intensity. But, but as I was saying, Christ, in his wonderful generosity, chose to do this for a number of reasons. First of all, in order to do that for which he came into the world, that is, to bear witness to the truth. And then, although he was truly man and also truly God, still there have been some who, seeing the truth of his humanity in nature, in his, in his hunger, thirst, sleep, weariness, and such like, have falsely persuaded themselves that he was not true God. I did not mean the Jews and Gentiles of his time who rejected him, but rather the people of a much later time who even professed his name and his faith, namely heretics like Arius and his followers who denied that Christ was of one nature with the Father and thus embroiled the church in great strife for many years. But against such plagues as this, Christ provided a very powerful antidote the endless supply of his miracles. Okay, so we're going to end it here. All right. So we can meditate on exactly what Thomas More was saying. If we go back a little bit here, More is saying that uh, he, he really, he wanted... He really wanted, he wanted out of his love, basically for humanity, to experience these and to purify them. In a sense, because 
we are so bogged down by our sinfulness. He was purifying our human nature. Hunger, thirst, fear. And yeah, even let's say hara. You know, when people are so terrified of making a choice that you can actually, you know, by the graces, the graces he gives us, he can, through the cross, through his passion, he basically weaponized them. He, you can say that he can wep- he weaponized our human nature. He gave it a grace, a supernatural grace that he merited. He won for us through his passion. You know, I mean, let's look at it. Remember in the garden, what happened? He began to sweat blood. This actually is a real medical condition. It's very rare. It's very rare that it's often seen, but it does happen. Doctors have actually seen this. And there's actually a book called A Doctor at Calvary. And the Doctor at Calvary points out in his book that this sort of thing can happen where a person can sweat blood through such unbelievable um, paranoia, nervousness, uh, horror, that the the uh, glands, the the you know the um, epidermis, the skin, the nerves underneath, the veins can pop and explode blood through your pores. That blood can actually sweat through the pores, and this actually makes the skin so tender, so fragile to any touch that it bruises easily. So you can imagine what happened to him when the soldiers laid their hands on him, the pain and the agony he experienced and felt. Now, uh, looking at it here, he didn't let his, he didn't he didn't let all these emotions uh, become uh, turned to sin. You know, the imagination and the horror can turn to fear, and the fear can didn't he didn't let it prevent him from accomplishing his mission that his father wanted, which was to purify humanity, to 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 win over this. I mean, this is the best way I can tell you without going into any error, is that he basically weaponized it. He purified it. He gave us virtue. He gave us, a, for a Christian, you pray for the courage to overcome these doubts, to overcome these fears, and you will have them. He will give it to them. He will give us that courage because he is so united with our humanity. Remember, he's the second person of the Trinity and he gained his humanity from his mother. His mother, who was a special vessel, prepared a, a vessel that would prepare to give him a body. He's united completely and fully with his mother in his humanity. But he purified humanity for us, his mother had no sin because she was a vessel, a tabernacle prepared for him, especially prepared for him. Remember the angel Gabriel, when she asked, how can this be since I know not man? She wasn't asking out of doubt. She was asking out of faith. How shall this be done since I know not man? I'm a virgin. And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit should overshadow you, and the power of the Most High shall, you know, she'll, you know, she'll, she'll come upon you, 
and the child conceived in the womb will be the son of God. He will be he will inherit the throne of his father David. He in this is the second person of the Trinity, the one God with in three persons in one God came down to perfect our humanity through his life, through his sacred presence. And he did, going to the cross, he did that for us. The only thing we have to do is pray. Pray for this. Now, there have been those who came around and started coming up with, with crazy speculations. A good example is like the Jehovah Witnesses who don't believe he's God. Another example is like the Mormons who actually believe in three gods. They believe the Trinity is three gods. That is a heresy. The Jehovah Witnesses believe that Jesus Christ is an angel. No, he's not. If he's an angel, then then we're not saved. An angel cannot die for us. And then there were others in the past uh, called Arius, Arius didn't believe that Jesus could ever be God. The Muslims don't believe he's God. They believe in the virgin birth. <coughs> Excuse me. They believe in uh, in other, uh, some kind of wild speculation. They believe he's just a prophet. But they don't believe he's God. Well, then we're not saved. We, we made an image and likeness of God straight away from God. And God promised to come and save us, and he did. He said that our, though our sins may be scarlet, they should become white as snow. Well, this was done through the merits of Christ, our Savior. That's, you know, that, that's all, that's, that's something we all have to know. You know, heretics came because a lot of people find it impossible. They try to understand the the mystery of the incarnation. The best thing is to have faith and accept it. Look, even someone like me who, who loves to study, I just simply realized by reading everything that the church fathers, there's no need for us to try to reinvent the wheel. Just accept it. Accept the mystery of the faith. Accept the fact that God loves you. All right? A lot of people try to be, I'm going to use the word, smart asses and try to figure out the mystery of the whole thing. Don't bother to. You could rattle your head. You could bump it. You know, you could you could try to knock it. You're going to come up with fancy ideas that's going to pull you away, away from God. Don't try to do that. Faith is... Sometimes it's very hard for even a person, for some people who, are, who have smart IQs, you know, who have high IQs, really high IQs. That's what I meant to say, high IQs. And what happens? They wind up going into very dangerous territory. That's what happened with a priest named Arius in Alexandria, Egypt. He wanted to come up with, with some way to, to try to figure out what, you know, was he really God, you know, he, you know, he tried to, I guess you can say, slice the atom of the incarnation, try to figure out the, the mystery of it. Because there were some people that thought that it was too much. 
that it was impossible because remember, they just came out of paganism. This was early, early in the days of Christianity and they came out of paganism and they just could not accept it, especially the pagan Romans who just did not want to submit and did not, you know, they liked all the sinning. Remember, there was a time when the Romans didn't question all that sinning. Even committing murder was part of the pagan Roman way to gain power. And they had a lot of uh, other kinds of practices, of course, that we won't get into, but they were sexual and they didn't like it. They didn't like the moral teachings of Christianity. And it basically, the government of Rome, which a lot of them originally came out of paganism, liked it, liked Arius's idea that Jesus just simply was some kind of a go-between. He wasn't really God. And the, what happened was it was the common people at the time that rejected it. They wanted, they believed that Christ was God and man, that he was truly God and truly man. And they also loved the idea of Mary, the mother of Jesus, being the Theotokos. The Theotokos in Greek means mother of God because she gave birth to the full person. Jesus was a full person. There was no two persons in him. There was no a, Jesus, the, the human being person, and Jesus, the divine person. No, there was one person. When you talk to somebody, it's, you're talking to that person, a full person. Jesus had two natures. That doesn't mean he was two people. He just had two natures. Just like you and I, we have a spiritual a soul and we have a body, but we're one person. It's united in, in one. The same thing with our Lord. Okay? There was not a, the divine Jesus, the God Jesus, and there was the human Jesus. There just isn't. There isn't two Jesus. There's one Jesus with one soul, with one mind, with one intellect. And he had one body. But the divine nature, obviously, which pre-existed the human, the, the human nature, has always been. But it was one person. I mean, that's the best way I can, we, you know, I can explain. That's how these Christians had to figure it out at the time to understand it. Because... They wanted, they wanted to figure out who Jesus Christ was. And Jesus himself said, the Holy Spirit will come and he will reveal all truth to you. So that's it. But you got a fancy people. You got a lot of people with a lot of crazy ideas. And the devil takes advantage of it. And sometimes they're not really nice people. Arius... Um, Ironically, didn't stop when his when he was kicked out of Alexandria by his bishop, who also happened to be named Alexander. Arius found him his way to the capital of the Eastern Empire called Constantinople, and he was ordained a priest. And later on, he was made a bishop. And he was about to take the uh, the highest basilica, the highest, I'm sorry, church in Constantinople, um, he died in a very embarrassing circumstances. He um, 
he had bowel problem. A lot of people believed it was a it was a punishment from God because he was daring to deny that Jesus is God. Um, it's mysterious circumstances. Let's leave it at that. Uh, let's put it this way. I'll, I'll put it this way. He died in sitting on the toilet. <laughs> you know, a lot of um, scholars uh, are a little amazed when they talk about that, even when in their writings. It's kind of very, it's, it is kind of funny, but it's not so funny at the same time. But I guess you can say I'll... Um, I guess I'll, I'll say this little joke. I guess God was saying, or the Holy Spirit was saying that his ideas were a load of crap, I guess. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. So uh, let's end it here. Um, let's just stay safe during this time of uh, the coronavirus. Uh, be careful. Remember to keep praying. Remember remember to pray. All right? Um If you go on YouTube, there's a lot of uh, channels with... Uh, uh, people praying um you should you should at least put it on um at least it'll, it'll help you encourage you to pray um pray you know for you and your family um uh, that's one of one of the beautiful things about the youtube channels they there's a lot of christians on there and they um and that's the beautiful thing is that uh prayer is an important time right now for you and your family also to encourage you um just, you know, um, stay safe and take care of each other. So let's say a quick prayer in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass, each, uh, trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. So, uh, God bless, and I'll be making another podcast soon. So, uh, once again, stay safe. And if you can, please subscribe. And if you can share it with some some of your friends um, uh, who can have some encouragement, uh, they'll be great. All right, so God bless and stay safe. Amen.